There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. KVJ Cuts. Now, a lot of times when we're playing Do It Bitch, you hear people saying, and that boy got to sing for his supper. Where does that come from exactly? That term goes all the way back to 1609. Oh, boy. I've been saying it since I was a kid. I, I had a baseball You love co- singing and you love supper. Well, it just, you got to, it says you got you to gotta put up or shut up. You got to sing for your supper to make yeah. your earning. That all started with uh, the traveling minstrels who would perform in taverns and they would get paid with a meal. So they would literally be singing and entertaining for their supper. And it became popularized in a nursery rhyme called Little Tommy Tucker Sings for His Supper from 1744. They loved to rhyme names back then. Yeah. Before we were even a country. That was a term. Sing for your supper. Dress to the nines. You heard of that one? Yeah. Yeah. You know where it comes from? Nope. It refers to the fabric that you would get nine yards to make a tailor fit outfit, including the vest and jacket. So when you're dressed to the nines, it meant you got everything. It's huh. so fun on YouTube. Somebody took, uh, they, they uploaded footage. It's the first footage ever uh, filmed in America. Then they'll, they'll show you what America looked in 1895. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. real legit footage. Right. And you can't believe how everybody is dressed. Everyone's dressed the same. They are dressed to the nines. Even if they're doing yeah. basic daily activities. People would dress up just to go so into town. So much fabric. It, it had to be so stinky. The, like swamp butt. Well, I think part of it was so many people were living in rural places, in the farm, whatever. And they would wear work clothes there. But whenever you went to town, that was a big deal. And so I think at that time, most people were living on farms and outside of the city. So if they went in town... You got dressed up because it, it was a big deal. And it's crazy, too. Some parts of the country almost still look the same. From, oh, yeah. From even like the 1920s. You can tell it's old-timey, but you go, I thought it would look a lot different than it does. Yeah. And it's legit footage. St. Augustine reminds me of that. Yeah, like, I can see that. Everything kind of looks like it did back then. The French Quarter in New Orleans. And even the kids are playing, and they got suits on. They're playing be- ball. They're playing <laughs> stickball, and they got one of those like suspenders on. Look like a bunch of our boys' suits out there. Yeah. The term close but no cigar refers to carnivals back in the 1800s. And cigars were rewarded as prizes for winning the carnival game. So if they said close but no cigar, that eh, was a good try, but you ain't getting the prize. So could you imagine a bunch of kids walking around the South Florida <laughs> Fair smoking cigars? I can't. Admit, I can't. Well, yeah, I can because I already saw it. They're vaping. <laughs> I've seen it, Kevin. I think they have weed in there. Close but no pen. vape. Close but no weed pen. Close but no doobie. <laughs> Blackballed. That starts in the 18th century with social clubs where membership was voted on by a committee. And you would vote by using little marbles. If you had a white marble, you were getting in the club. But if somebody cast just one single small black ball, that was a negative vote. And all it took a lot of times was just one negative vote to reject an applicant's membership. So they would say you were black balled. Wow. Because that's how they would vote. That's interesting. That's where that came from. Jumping on the bandwagon. 
That's going to happen. In fact, you're going to see that with the Super Bowl. How many Eagles and Chiefs fans did you see this week? Well, in the mid-1800s, circuses would parade around town before setting up, and they'd have bandwagons that would lead the parade. So they'd have huge crowds, and politicians said, wait a minute, if I want the people to know who I am, I should rent space on that bandwagon and get some FaceTime with an audience. So over time, politicians would make calls of action not to jump on the opponent's bandwagon, and the phrase kind of took off as a negative connotation, meaning that you would mindlessly just go along with whatever became flashy or popular. And that's how they got jumping on the bandwagon. Biting the bullet. Do you know where that comes from? Werewolves. Mm, it's a good guess. But <laughs> He's hopeful. No, this is a, a lot tougher than that. A lot of times it happened in some of these battlefield tent hospitals that they would have. And if they ran out of a painkiller or whiskey even, they would be like, uh, okay, I got to do this really nasty thing that's going to hurt like heck to you. And you're going to feel every bit of it. We don't have a painkiller, so you need to bite the bullet. Oh. And they would bite down on a literal bullet while they would do it. Take it. That would just be it. You wouldn't want to hear that you need to bite the bullet because you'd be like, oh, this isn't going to be fun. Gosh, they were so tough. I know. (laughs) I mean, imagine someone telling you to bite the bullet today. (laughs) Yeah. No, we can't. Yeah. We can't. (laughs) Pulling out all the stops. Maybe you've heard that. What the heck does that even mean? It refers to organists that would pull the stops from every pipe on a pipe organ to play at maximum volume. Hmm. Ah. I like the sound of that. Hmm. Never heard that. Okay. Do you know why they say straight from the horse's mouth? It's because when you would purchase a horse, a lot of times people would try to sell you basically a lemon, but if you looked at the horse's teeth... It'll tell you the health. You can see the age, the health, the general condition. So when you got it from the horse's mouth, you knew it was the truth. Ah. So if your your horse's teeth is all jacked up, you know it's... Got yeah. ailments. Yeah, don't sell don't sell me this horse. I ain't paying that. What if you have a really sick horse that practices great dental hygiene? Yeah, you could fool somebody. You totally. Think. Yeah, you would think. And in the nick of time, starting in the 18th century, businessmen would keep track of debts owed, and they would carve notches or nicks on a tally stick. And when somebody arrived to pay off their debt, and they got there right before the close of business they would save themselves a day's worth of interest so they would get there just in the nick of time to save themselves some extra money that they probably didn't have so there you go that's where it came from i love it i love learning well we got to balance out you know body shots with a little bit of education (laughs) so yeah (laughs) poor denny's quite a big there's a big shot in denny's belly button they both have wet fire crotches and kind of a bit of a buzz (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot more fun isn't it